Welcome to the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. My name is Amanda, and I've worked as a mentor, teacher, and content creator for empaths, intuitives, and entrepreneurs for close to 10 years. With over 2 million views on YouTube, I've spent the last five years specifically teaching empaths how to stop sacrificing their authentic creative desires, include themselves in the equation, and thrive. I believe empaths are the center of creative expression on this planet, and my purpose with this podcast is to spark your psychic desires and connect you to a deeper understanding of your human tech and its pivotal role in creating heaven on earth. We are all psychic, and as we heal our psychic intimacy with ourselves, we heal it with each other and enter into a new golden age, a renaissance. When empaths become sovereign in their creative power, we break the psychic bonds of mimic that have been on this planet for thousands of years and anchor in the infinite potential of humanity's creative urge. I call this the Underground Podcast because I believe this conversation thrives when it's shared by word of mouth. I don't rely on fancy marketing techniques or ads. Instead, I want this podcast to grow organically through people like you sharing it with the people you believe it would resonate with. Because of people like you, my podcast was in the top 10 most followed and most globally shared in 2022. So thank you so much for my first year. I feel so grateful for all of you guys. I know that together we can grow deeper into our human tech, break out of mimic and take back our sovereignty as creators. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. Today I am coming at you with an episode all about chaos magic. Now that term chaos magic, I actually didn't know was an actual branch of magic And I came about it one day when I was doing a live and it just came through. And I was specifically talking about the internet and what it opens up to us as a species. And so much of it is this sort of fuck around and find out type of energy, especially with algorithms and just there's this, this, there's this piece of it that we don't have any control of. And I remember the term coming out and then I remember just feeling like, yes, it resonated so deeply. Chaos magic and why chaos magic actually is connected to anomaly, how it's connected to anomaly and why it's so important. And then I Googled it and found out that it was a, there's a whole like book written about it. I think there's, it's an actual tradition, which that's not what this is about because honestly, aside from my brief Google search, I don't know much about traditionally what it is. Although I know it's somewhat, from what I remember reading, it's somewhat new. Um, but I want to talk about what it feels like, what it's felt like for me to fuck around and find out. So many people are afraid to fuck around and find out, especially with magic, especially with intention, especially with will, especially with our power. And it's because we've been at war with these things for thousands of years. We've played, we've been in the victim, aggressor, savior paradigm. We've been in these very powerful roles and identities that dictate and influence so much of what we do. And I think one of the biggest anomalies that's happening on the planet right now is that people are waking up to how powerful they are. Once the information starts becoming global, which it has, 
of how creative technology works, meaning how human beings work, how our thoughts, feelings, and emotions and actions work to create reality. And that we have way more control over that. We have way more influence over that than we even realize, especially with the onset of the internet. So in my mind, chaos magic is intricately linked to the internet. And if you are online at all, which most of us are, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably online. You probably have social media. You may not be a public person sharing anything personal necessarily, but if you're online, you're online and you're participating in this particular form of chaos magic. And I think that the more intentional we all get with how we're using technology, how we're using especially social media, the more of a, I think, a high art our magic can become. And there's this factor that goes along with it that is connected to algorithms and all the aspects that are out of our control. So I, about probably the, the onslaught of 2020, I've talked about this quite a bit, how I was getting, I was dabbling a lot in um, technology in terms of channeling about it. And I was fascinated with it because again, I had been sort of tapping into this idea of, wow, it's so crazy what the internet can do. And I was, I had at that time sort of been peaking where I realized, oh my gosh, I have a following because I didn't really realize that I had one. I thought I was really hidden. And I had been online for a long time at that point, but I've said this before, I, I kind of kept myself secret. Like I rarely even would share my stuff on my Facebook or anything because I didn't want, I didn't necessarily want people in my life, like from my past life to, I didn't, it wasn't things that I wanted them to see or know. I kind of felt like this was my own, I don't know, my own exploration. And obviously it's not a secret because I'm public, but I wasn't putting it in anybody's, I wasn't going out of my way to let anybody know what I was doing. And so when I realized how much I had peaked and I had realized, um, I, I remember realizing I'd had over a million views on YouTube or real, real, which I know for some people it's literally nothing. But when I thought just, just simply it was big for me because, or just surprising is the word because that wasn't my intention and I didn't necessarily want or I don't know how to say it, but I didn't know what I wanted when it came to being public. So because of how much it surprised me, how just time and uh, algorithms and hashtags, and especially I was, I peaked at before things got locked down and before they massively changed everything. So it, it felt a lot more when I first started posting online, it, I think it was much easier to find people organically. And you used to be able to find the coolest shit online. I've talked about this so much. I remember thinking they're not going to let this go on for much longer because I don't think they anticipated how quickly and easily even just certain hashtags could connect you with your tribe, could connect you instantly with like-minded people, which instantly amplifies the resonance of whatever it is that you are creating. And that thing that you're creating may or may not be in alignment with the overall agenda of the powers that were. So there's this really powerful 
anomalous aspect aspect to being online and social media as a whole. And it's interesting because I know there's a lot of fear around technology. There's a lot of fear around AI. There's a lot of fear around what's going on, rightfully so. Obviously, we don't know so much about this. And we're all using it and our grid is set up here. So we almost have to use it. And I think that although I, I appreciate the growing um I think it's important that we we get more sustainable and get less and less dependent on technology. And I think with whatever touch or influence we have with technology can be potently packed with magic. And that can cause anomalies that none of us expected. And so there's this curation and art to being online that I feel like is being urged for just a higher art. And I don't mean prestigious in the sense of elitism or higher in that way. I mean this higher in the sense of attaining humanity's urge, authentically expressing the urge of humanity. And there's such a deep urge, I think, a deep craving for authenticity, especially in the dawn of AI, especially in with technology being able to perfect everything and take out all flaws. I think there's a growing urge and a growing hunger for authentic expression. And so there's this ripe opportunity. I can feel it. I felt it at the onslaught of, well, when I started understanding um, and realizing things like crypto, things that were big time coming on the grid that were massively shifting things. And obviously all of this is experimental. So we don't really know what's going to happen, but it's a ripe time for anomaly. And it's a ripe time for massive change and surprising sparks of just the unexpected. I think it's a high time of magic. Magic unlike we've ever seen. And there are different types of magicians, so to speak, or sorcerers, sorceresses, witches, wizards. Uh, I don't even know. Those those words are even, they deeply fail because of how, how programmed they are with all the BS. But just mystics and Yet people, wizard, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the genius, the there's a genius code. There is a genius code. That is what ties this all together. There's a genius code that's wanting to be expressed. And there's a new expression of it coming that has been infused with technology. And that is just our reality. And part of, I think, what a lot of us are having to I can feel that there there are people that would be so adamantly against what I'm saying because there's such a strong against technology and, and AI, and I understand. So that's fine. But nonetheless, just hear me out if you're one of those people that are just adamantly against technology. First of all, you're using it <laughs> right now if you're listening to this. But um, there there's something that has been coming through so strongly, which is that we have to accept everything as it is. That, that's like the first key. That's the first step to shift our resonance to heaven on earth to, and transmute all the energies and all the electromagnetic frequency that's literally blocking aspects of our reality coming to us. 
So we have to accept everything as it is. And that in and of itself is an anomaly because, as I've said so many times, the lack matrix is built upon war. The entire thing is about war. So we have to be against something and we have to be saving something. And we have to, it's the victim, aggressor, savior paradigm. So something always has to be wrong and bad that we're against. And that is what drives so much of the action and the creation in lack. So the anomaly of not being against anything and pivoting towards your preference. I've talked about preference so much. Preference is so essential in understanding and deepening our craft and really creating the world we long for. And particularly for those of us who are using social media and want to perfect the art of using social media in our craft. So accepting all things as as they are, not making our prerogative about being what we're against. And I'm talking to very specific people. Obviously, there's people in the world that need to make what they're against, their prerogative, and they're part of the destiny that's unfolding right now. So keep in mind, this is for a very specific group of people. It's the mystics. It's the artist. It's the the creators, those who urge to birth heaven on earth, those who urge to birth the Renaissance, those who urge to birth the stories that have never been told, the arc of humanity's story. There's a new chapter to our story and we are a part of it and our urge is a part of it and it's something we haven't seen before. And so I feel like there's this deep craving for a lot of creators creators who are in this camp to be a part of this anomaly and 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 you express it so uniquely i express it so uniquely and there's this import deep importance especially right now especially on the onslaught of world war 3 you know there's just war drumming up war drumming up war drumming up the anomaly is to not go to war that's the anomaly and create instead the world we want, make love to the world we want, focus on the world we want, take action on the world we want, act as if it's the world we want. All the things, all the powerful things we've learned about manifestation, all these powerful things that we've all been practicing in our own little ways and learning how to shift our reality, that's what's shifting on a global scale. And what I've realized is the deeper, deeper part of this, once we start messing around with manifestation and start realizing, oh, I have an influence on my reality. My thoughts influence what I experience and how I experience it and the meaning that I give it. My feelings powerfully magnetize things to me and repel things from me. Once we start realizing that and start working with it, we learn quickly about ourselves. We learn about ourselves. We learn about what our deepest beliefs are because remember, it's the subconscious programming that is running the majority of what we're manifesting. So eventually we have, we start realizing, okay, I I manifested this, but I'm still off here. There's something, it always comes to us. It can always come to us when we have core beliefs that are still deeply rooted in lack. All of our manifestations that show up will show up lacking. And so we'll start to realize, okay, I called that in and I got it, but why did it come through this way? And then we can start, that's when we can start really diving into the subconscious and realizing, okay, what beliefs do I still have that are rooted in lack that are influencing what I manifest and how I manifest or influencing my relationships 
and especially my creative relationships. And so, first of all, it's important that we that we start using our magic. And th- there's a fear for a lot of people around that because of will and power and authority and all those things that we've been at war with and all of those things that we've been wounded and hurt by. And then there's an aspect of being afraid of our power, being afraid of being powerful because of all the programming, all the hurt, all the trauma, but also because of who we are when we are in our power. Now, because there's such a, the, the, the people, the majority, by the way, the majority of people on this planet believe they are powerless. And because they believe they are powerless, they are powerless to the ones who believe they are powerful. That's just how it works. The tech works how it works. It is not right or wrong, but it will play out in ways that either feel right or wrong. And that's how we know whether we want it or not, whether it's wanted or not, whether it's an alignment or not. So I believe we've been getting really deeply into our tech. And I feel like we've hit on a collective fear, at least in the fault line that I'm on. I feel it in the people who watch me and listen to me. I feel like, you know, every once in a while, because I change so much, I'll feel like a changing of the people who are coming in big time. And I'll feel a a movement of certain people that maybe were were listening, moving away and a different group of people coming in because I shift. And one of the things I've realized, I've always known that I draw in people who come from a religious background because I have. And so when I speak to that, people people who also have come out of religious background and also gotten more into occult stuff and yet still like there's there there's all there's a there's a huge spectrum there but nonetheless there's a lot of people that are on these this particular fault line between the secular world and the religious world and moving into the occult world because all three of them are part of the one that we are we are secular we are occult and we are religious so to speak that's all part of our human history and part of our human programming that has deeply influenced our story and deeply influenced us therefore deeply influenced our beliefs And the beliefs are what's creating our reality. So it's all relevant. And so there's this, there's a, what I found is on this fault line, there's a sort of a fear. And especially when we get, when we tap into, I think the immensity of power itself and how really truly anything's possible and how there are there's organization to the spiritual realm and so there's you know when we have the chaos magic or the fuck around and find out way that we do things we can accidentally allow things into our lives or open up certain doorways or open up portals that we didn't really mean to and all of that is so important for us to grow and understand our power. And that's the part where I feel like, first of all, there has to be an immense amount of permission. I feel like that's one of the first things that wants to come through in today's podcast is to give yourself an immense amount of permission to fuck around and find out and not be so terrified of the consequence. Of course, be wise, as wise as you can. Do what you do know. More than anything, get clear with your intention but you will never know where you're at or even where your core beliefs are until you manifest your will 
until you say yes and give permission to command things to come into your reality and command things to leave your reality. And that's essentially what it is to be a creator. We are banishing things and we are we can intentionally invite things in. We are doing that all the time anyway, but most people do it via their unconscious belief, which is supported and propped up by this whole victim aggressor savior paradigm, which is this this dimension of the human story that we live in when we believe we're not enough and we believe we're not um, worthy and that we have to earn it and that we believe power is wrong or power is outside of us. So that's where why it, the victim aggressor savior paradigm is such a huge um, reflection of our relationship with power. And power is really important here. So I want to share with you um, at least what I've learned through using the fuck around and find out method, which was essentially for me getting online and just sharing my thoughts and feelings that I never shared with anyone else in my life because no one really seemed interested. It wasn't my culture. It wasn't, there was no one around me interested in these things. So the internet is where I opened up that dialogue and therefore it called in people into my life. It called in, um, my, my whole new career. Like I never knew I would be doing this as like, uh, as my career. And it also called in spiritual energy, spiritual, spiritual principalities, light and dark. It called in a lot of strange understanding of the psychic world. I had no idea what I was opening myself up to. And I, I've told you guys this before, but I, at the beginning of 2020, well, around like, uh, maybe not the beginning, but maybe halfway through 2020, I hit a, a point where I was actually scared. And I, 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 not just scared about what I learned and what I've realized, let me put it that way, about, <laughs> I don't know how to say it, the, the immensity of, of how much is actually going on. It's not just like one thing going on. There is so much going on. And there is so much that people just don't realize. And there's just so much to it. So not only did I did I realize that, but I also realized the power of the internet and how quickly, how, how, how vulnerable being online actually can make us. And the psychic warfare online and how fast it travels. And because I'm so open, realizing that when you're online and you have a lot of people watching you, or it doesn't even have to be a lot of people. It can be just three really powerful projectors that can deeply penetrate your auric field and fuck with you for a while. Unintentionally. No, like there, this is, this is the thing about humans not understanding how powerful we are and how powerful intention are, intention is and how powerful our thoughts are. Because most people think, well, if I think it, it's no big deal. It's, it's my actions that matter, but not true at all, especially when we think and feel so strongly and so piercingly and we feel powerless. That is such a deadly combination for other people and for ourselves. It's, it's very sabotaging or it can feel that way. Although the technology is just trying to wake us up, but it can hurt. And it's where you learn that what you put out, you get back. And nothing taught me that faster than being online because it's so quick. It all happens so quick. You put something out there and you quickly go through every emotion. If you, 
first of all, and we, I think anyone who's on social media knows, has experienced this at this point, but we change our minds and our thoughts and our perspectives all the time. So there's something about when you write something down and say it and put it out there, it it has this effect of being like immortal almost. Like if you said it once, you that's who you are and it's what you are and it's what you think from that point on. And this this shows the power of the written word, so to speak. It also shows this crazy aspect of the internet and chaos magic, which can be deleted so like it could disappear completely. The entire record of everything we've done online could completely disappear. That's that's interesting to think about. And it goes to show how much power we give to something that's written down. Although anytime anything's written down, the second we write it, it's in the past. And I think the, the thread that lives through all written things is the soul of humanity that like the aspect of us, the spirit of us, the spirit itself that's attempting to come through in every thought that we express, in every opinion, in every perspective. And it's all part of growing. But we've been at war with this. And we even in this like political climate, it's like it's like we're trying to come up with the perfect uniform belief system that everybody should believe. And and there's and we we should perfectly know it and it's like we don't allow for well the whole point of coming here is to grow and learn and explore and be wrong so that we can figure out what right is to us quote unquote or not quote unquote but I'm using quotation marks as if like there is a right or wrong ultimately but I feel like there's so much power in fucking around and finding out and giving yourself permission to step into your power, even if it means falling, even if it means putting yourself out there and getting rejected, even if it means um, failing. There's it, it. There's We have to fail. Failure is the greatest teacher. We don't know what it is to succeed until we fail. And we have been, there's this such a lie in the matrix. It just... It just floats around and social media has this way of perpetuating it in all these subtle ways. And it has to do with this perfectionism idea and this all put together and this elitist sort of hierarchy system that we're in and the, the, the sides, the right and the left and who's superior and who's intellectually superior, who's morally superior. It's just... It, there's, some, there's a very strong, powerful psychic attack against our humanity and our power, our creative technology. So I'm going to share with you, as I said, some things that I learned from fucking around and finding out, from essentially doing chaos magic, and as I said, in my case, putting myself out there online. So number one, I learned that I needed to be reconciled to my power. I didn't even realize I had been at such deep war with my power. And being online, I'm sure many of you know, or having any sort of success whatsoever, it can feed a deep part of our ego that needs validation if we have unconsciously believed our whole lives that we have to be validated from the outside in order to be worthy. And I didn't even realize that that was a, I mean, I somewhat knew that was a factor going on, but I think again, when I started peaking and started realizing I had sort of a cult following and started realizing I had like super fans that was so um, strange for me and beautiful for me on and exciting. And also I, it helped me, thank God, see that there was an aspect of me that was starving for validation 
And I remember just, I remember just in this, this time again, right before 2020, right before I got scared and I was like, okay, I got to back out. I could feel this aspect of my ego coming online that just, I it was unfamiliar. It's like it maybe was lurking there all along and I just didn't know. And something about getting attention fed it. And it was, it was subtle and I was aware of it, but I didn't want to admit it. I didn't want to let it take, I didn't want to make it wrong. Let me put it that way, because it felt so good for, for, it seems like the, one of the first times in my entire life feeling like popular. I know that, well, that's not maybe the right word. I, I have felt liked, but popular in the sense of someone would want to emulate you in some way or, or, or want to pay you to talk to them, to, to get your perspective or pay you to have you teach them or whatever. I never felt important. I, I'm, you guys know I was the youngest of eight kids of my mom's, much more if you include all of my dad's kids, but I grew up mainly with my mom's kids. And um, so the youngest of all my, all my siblings so sort of in the pecking order that way, never really felt important. And there's a, an age gap between all of us. So kind of always felt on my own in that way. We were, my parents were polygamist, even though I wasn't raised in it. I, we, I knew and I felt that our family felt strange and kind of like outsiders because even though we lived in Utah, in Utah County, my parents' church was in Mexico. So the polygamist church they were involved in wasn't even here, but Nonetheless, we were, we felt like weirdos and I didn't even understand it completely, but of course I understand it now. My point is though, I just always felt like sort of the weirdo. So to have the internet allow me this taste of what it felt like to be like the popular one or the one that's like not the weirdo, like the, and it was interesting. I I realized so much through being online and specifically on YouTube. And when I started doing mentoring and working with people one-on-one and collaborating, I, I started also feeling this sense of certain people that I thought were important or that I would, that I would want to, that I admired also admired me and or were seeking after me or people like just certain things like really and it felt good I'm not none of this is wrong but in while I was in it I felt such a weird like struggle with it because I was making it wrong and yet I I needed it I had a genuine uh, authentic need that was connected to healing that I didn't even know I had I didn't even really know was there I didn't know I needed to be validated, so to speak. I didn't, I didn't realize how much I needed these things. So I remember um, just, just having moments of, I look back now and I, it's like things that you're like, oh, you, you almost feel embarrassed about them the instant you think about it. Like just feeling super embarrassed for things feeling important because like, for example, I remember um, Kristen Bale started following me on Twitter. And when I, and I'm not even active on Twitter. I don't know why she followed me on Twitter. When I first saw that, like you get the notification that Kristen Bale followed me on Twitter, I thought it was a fake. I'm like, it has to be a fake account. It's not the real Kristen, Kristen Bale. So I looked and it was, and I felt like it truly made me feel like I was more important all of a sudden because <laughs> Kristen Bell followed me on Twitter. Now I look back and I like I realize wow, I it, it makes me realize that I didn't even know where I I wasn't even aware of that need that I had until something like that happened and then I could 
feel all the things I felt about it, including even embarrassment for feeling important because of it. <laughs> I still think it's cool, though. I do think it's super cool. But um, and every once in a while, I'll look and see if she's still following me because I don't even use Twitter. But it's this weird thing. And it's not just her like it, at that same time, at that exact same time. In fact, I don't know what happened, but something where everything shifted. And it was when I was intentionally experimenting with chaos magic, putting intentions out there and letting the internet take it where it may. Doing these little pockets of magic and letting the internet, letting social media take it where it may. At that exact time when Kristen Bell started following me on Twitter, there was just other people in my life, not like celebrity like Kristen Bell, but um, just people that I felt were important or or like important in my realm, important in the world that I was working in, or I don't know, just things that were boosting my ego a lot like that. And that's also when I began to realize how powerful influence is and how powerful psychic influence is and how we have these sort of illusions of power in hierarchy. And because they're so psychically strong, because a lot of people believe it, a lot of people will believe this person's better or above or worth more. And so we believe it and we we psychically influence each other or we psychically even um, sort of systemically categorize each other via these psychic, these really strong subconscious and unconscious beliefs about better, worse, value and not value. And they're culturally constructed. So that's why we're always simultaneously trying to see through our social constructions because they say something about who we are and where, where we are at any given moment. And it says something about where our unconscious biases are. But it also, the deeper need is to heal to heal or to get the needs met that were never met, that that kept us in those beliefs that we are not enough. So for me, at this, at this point when I was peaking is also, as I said, when I got really scared because all of a sudden I started feeling this really powerful psychic influence that I could not identify. But I was very, very aware that it just felt like something intrusively came into my field. And it was at the time when the pandemic was going on and everything online, everything on social media, at least for me in terms of psychically, and keep in mind, I was very psychically opened using the internet intentionally in my psychic work, so to speak. Um, I, I felt something intense come on and it almost felt like a super bug if you, or like a uh, just something that came in and shut everything down and had the power to do that. It did not feel good. It did not feel positive from where I was at that time. But I look back and realize it was the best thing that could have ever happened. I needed it to happen. I was asking for protection. It happened right at a time when I was saying, I don't feel safe. I too, uh, something came, uh, like something doesn't feel good about being online anymore. Um, it didn't feel even safe to just be a normal human. I, I, it was, it, it was just bizarre. And I also, right at that time, I'm so glad looking back that I stepped away from being on YouTube and stepped away from being so public and I just curated everything more privately to my kind of core audience, but I I knew not to have everything just out there. But it feels like it was at that time that social media began to be weaponized more than it ever had before. I know it, it can it has always in some ways been used as a weapon. 
but more than ever, where the playground used to feel very safe and playful. And it was just like the algorithms almost protected you that you would only connect with like-minded people. And suddenly it felt very different. It felt like it the people who were watching weren't the people who wanted to be watching me. And that felt strange to me. And I, I felt, so I was asking for protection. I was asking um, to be cloaked. And I started pulling away. Also on the sidelines, getting into a relationship, stepping into the stepmom mom role, so much about my life changed. And so it, it happened perfectly. It's almost like I had to be extremely grounded. And I'm so grateful that it happened that way because I think in the last few years, something has happened and I will be able to articulate it at some point because I've been following the psychic trends, at least in my algorithms, very strongly. So anyone who, anyone I feel like who's been in this, in similar algorithms that I've been in would probably deeply understand, um, what I articulate about it because I don't hear anyone else talking about it. It's not, it's not the type of thing you hear people really talking about is the psychic algorithms. And, but it's part of, it's part of using, social media. We have to get really good at using it. And and even as the algorithm shift, our magic has to shift in terms of our timing and our rhythm with even how we post and who's, who's connecting with us, who's viewing us, who's hearing us. But, but more than anything, what energy we're holding. And, and I don't know, for me, I felt like stepping way back and I'm still feeling that way. There's this, even though I've, I've, I've been a little bit more because things are coming out and um, all my new stuff will be coming out in 2024. I still am at this kind of behind the scenes space. And I've had to really learn how powerful influence is. And this is in this me being behind the scenes is when I channeled the whole King of Wands workshop, the beta test of it, which the final version would, will be out in, um, in 2024 as well. But the the beta version that's out right now is essentially the bones of it. But the King of Wands is all about our psychic creative will and how important it is that we understand what our will is and how, and that we anchor it in. It's our vote. Our will is our vote. And we have that inalienable right. It's, it's God given. It cannot be taken it can't, it literally cannot be taken. The only thing that can happen is that the powers that are or were what we give power to can convince us and can influence us to give our will away or to, I don't know what the right word would be, but to not consciously use our will or to allow something else to make decisions for us rather than our own creative will. And there's probably times where we might need that. It's not wrong. But it is important that we understand that we have a will and our will is being enacted right now. It just might be an unconscious will connected to trauma or connected to a need that has never been met. And because we've kept it in the dark for so long, it stays in the dark. So the things that happen stay in the dark and it feel it can feel like life is happening to us instead of with us or for us. So it is important that we deeply establish our will. And, and I think for me, I didn't know what my will was, especially online. I didn't have a clear intention. Honestly, it was more just, I was 
finding out. (laughs) I was fucking around and finding out. And I wanted to find, I I was curious. It was curiosity led me. Curiosity is a big part of my urge. I'm a very curious person. And it's part of, I think, sort of my ultimate, um, I don't know, creative scientist, mystic type of mindset. There's a lot of us, by the way. Well, maybe not a lot in terms of um, population, but there is a strong resonance of the primal mystics that are here that are, that are curious and curious about how this tech works and the, the technology of creation and what it means to be a creator and, and what it means to be created and to have come from a creator or being like, uh, we are everything ultimately started out as a thought, including us. So it's it's just a different territory to explore, not just as this like beautiful idea, but as an actual reality. If that's true, then why don't we create the world we want? And what I realized why I wasn't creating the world that I actually wanted is because I had all of these shadow contracts, essentially. I was giving unconscious permission for influences outside of me to be the dominant resonance in my in my reality. And nothing taught me that stronger and more powerfully than whatever grid I was opened up to suddenly at some point that I just said I felt it. I felt there was some sort of shift. I felt that grid. I'm glad I didn't go on that particular grid and stay there, but I felt what it would be like to it's it was like the universe was giving me an invitation to you could take this path and it was a, a path of being an enslaved gin, but I would just be enslaved to a higher rank, so to speak, of principalities. And I'm talking even behind the scenes. I'm talking the, the spiritual principalities, the psychic principalities, which anyone who's a, a conscious creator, anyone who's a creative person who manages their world via their creative rhythm You know what I'm talking about when I talk about psychic and spiritual principalities and authorities. We are working, that's what we're working with. If everything behind the scenes, the pre-manifested realm, the astral realm that that is is getting constructed via our thoughts and beliefs and, and alliances, and therefore it's changing the timeline of what's happening on planet Earth, that's where the actual management of our psychic energy needs to take place, a conscious management of it. And this is why the King of Wands workshop came through for me because Spirit was showing me you have to, first of all, you have to know what your psychic preference is. You have to know what your preference is psychically because psychically is where we're the most sensitive. So it doesn't feel good. We have to pivot. That's our indication that it's not for us because we're creators. So it has to feel good. It has to be something we want. It has to be something that inspires us. It has to be something that we urge for. And as we go, as we shift and move with our urge, with the rhythm of our authentic creative urge, because remember, on a deep level, we're always urging for reconciliation with our power. And that's deeply healing. It's healing the vertical relationship with the spiritual hierarchy hierarchy, and actually um, sort of creating the resonance of a more horizontal relationship with life and a more horizontal relationship with spirit. So as we go through that, it's sort of like playing the hot cold game and we have to very psychically be attuned to that. It's not just saying the right words and believing the right ideology. 
that's just an extremely limited way of looking at it. We have to, and it doesn't even matter what your ideology is anyway. You could align all day long and vote all day long for all the, the right side of history and the right blah, 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 and still completely fuck yourself over in your resonance because of your psychic permission that you're giving for things you don't want. So it doesn't matter. The vote on paper does not matter nearly as much as much as the psychic vote. The psychic vote is where all the power is. So I learned from being online and essentially fucking around and finding out that I have to have a psychic preference. I have to know what my psychic preference is. Otherwise, it gets hijacked. And I didn't realize that what was dominantly leading me my whole life and the internet just like blew up for me, helped me see very, very like magnified for me is that I was, I wanted just to be validated. That, that was my strongest urge beyond anything else. And it's why a lot of times I was even confused about like, yeah, this is my business. I'm making money on it. But my main urge wasn't to have a business. I realized I just, I wanted to create and I wanted my creations to be validated. I wanted to express who I authentically was and I wanted who I, who I authentically was to be validated. And it was. And I'm grateful for that. And I saw the danger in st- keeping it there. I Eventually I had to get, okay, that need was met. Now, like, what's beyond that? Because if I keep just needing to be validated, then then I start serving the master. And there were times, definitely, another thing that being online, on YouTube particularly, taught me is how you can have a shadow contract with your audience, with people listening to you, and people interacting with you. There's, I, I remember as soon as I recognized that, I was like, I'm taking a torch to this, because it's one of the most powerful ways to be enslaved. And it's why you see a lot of social media influencers or people who are have um, a following, so to speak, or that have you know an audience, they end up getting enslaved to that. And it's, it's slavery. It, even, it may look really glamorous, but it's slavery under all the glamour and glitter. And you can find some of the most miserable people in the world in that space. And I tapped into that psychically. I feel like I saw exactly what that grid is exactly and how easy it would be to fall into that grid especially if you have unhealed trauma especially if you are an empath who was abused when you were younger especially that because empaths creative people are drawn to empaths because we flow creative energy and but yet so many empaths get locked psychically into pleasing and just needing to be a pleasing. It's it's why it's the whole archetype of the enslaved gen, the enslaved genie came to me. It was through Robin Williams, actually. I, I think hope oh, those of you who've been around for a while heard me tell that story, and I'll probably tell it again at some point. But um, he was the ultimate inspiration for the enslaved gen. And I I feel the, the the creative urge that gets enslaved. And and I I feel like when we don't know our psychic preference and we get too lost in the pleasing and making people happy because that feels good and that's a genuine thing in the beginning that we need but there's there's something deeper under the need to make or the desire or even the urge to make people happy or to make um to uh, to please or to fix or to solve there's so many different versions of this that come through that's why social media influencers come in big with this because 
a lot of us are online because we're help. We're like we're using our personal life and our personal stories, um, so other people can relate to us. And in a way, that feels like so they're not alone because we felt so alone, and that's deeply healing. And because we felt so alone, and because we're offering what we didn't get, we have to make sure the need is being met directly through our relationship with life and our relation, specifically our psychic relationship with this reality, because that's the blueprint for what we create, our psychic relationship. So I had to learn that my preference mattered and I had to figure out what is my psychic preference, particularly and specifically if I'm going to be online, what's my psychic preference. And I realized that the stronger my psychic my psychic preference came online and my psychic urge, the, the safer my psychic reality felt because you magnetize the things that you actually want. But I had to get really in touch with beyond being validated. What I actually deeply urge for is communion and communion. What I've learned also from being online, but mainly just from the behind the scenes of being online in my personal life is that you can't have true communion without sovereignty. That's been the biggest lesson I've had as an empath who is getting free from the empath narcissist dynamic who has been, I'm free from it. I would say I'm free, but like you, the, there's still residual stuff, you know, residual little residual psychic tentacles that are in these, in these like psychic realities that I'm like, Oh yeah, you can come back now. There's no need to be there. It's, it's the ones that are always feeling around, feeling around for who do we need to please? Who do we need to make, who do we need to appease who do we need to calm down so that we're safe? And that's that hype, that psychic hypervigilance that comes from trauma. And that's why a lot of really gifted psychics and empaths are also incredibly uh, traumatized because part of their psychic gift came online because they had to be preemptive. And part of surviving was figuring things out before they happened and, and changing things before they could happen. And so much of that can happen psychically. And there's many of us who've gotten so good at changing the psychic equation. Like for me, I didn't even know that was a gift that I had, that I could change realities. I could shift timelines so quick. And my brain, if my psychic energy will so quickly scan the room and scan not just the room, but the astrals and feel out for any potential timeline that may be coming in that might be uh, about to enslave me and I'll shut or what it feels like it could enslave me and I'll shut that timeline down before it even has a chance to come in. Now, because that power is so strong, I also realize that I that same energy and that same power has blocked out um, things from coming to me. Like I've shut the door before they've even come because of fear of things change when we when we step up our game and when we realize that we truly are the master of our own destiny, that we truly do, we got, we have a God-given will and we are meant to use our will. And if we don't use it consciously, it will be used unconsciously. It will be used without our permission. So that's not noble. It's not noble to not use your will. It's not noble to not assert your will. It's not spiritual to not assert your will. It's the exact opposite. You're putting yourself and others at more of a risk because you influence others. We all do. Our resonance is part of the vote for the ultimate reality that we're living in and we're co-creating. When we don't take up our will, we default into 
the subcon like whatever the dominant belief system is. And so we literally give our vote to the dominant collective power. And we don't even realize that we're doing that. So that was my long way of saying I had to learn what my psychic preference was. And and my and I had to learn preference, by the way, before permission, which is why in the King of Wands workshop, the spell one is psychic preference. Spell two is psychic permission. And this is all the masculine um like container to be able to hold our craft, which is what the queen of wands is all about. All right. I had to pause and let my dog out. She barked to go outside. So I was leaving off on the masculine container and, um, why psychic permission, psychic preference matters. And I wanted to say that, like, I had to learn that my psychic preference had to come in first. Like I said, in the King of Wands workshop, it's first. It's this first spell and then psychic permission is second because we can't give permission until we know what our preference is. We can give general permission and gen- and we can revoke permission generally, but until we get very specific about what we want, and this is where a lot of people are afraid to go. And I want to preface this by saying when I say specific, I don't necessarily mean specific as in a white car, blah, blah, a white Tesla, I don't know, whatever, just using that as an example, but more specific as in um, prosperity, uh, uh, an amplification of my magic. I want to pull in, I want to magnify people who can help, um, who I can co-create with and, and that we all go to the next level or like it can be general in the sense of, it doesn't have, we don't have to describe it perfectly, but we have to know what we want. And it, and it can be specific in the sense of, I need people to, to co-create with, or I, I need the perfect course to come into my reality that's going to take me to that next level. That's what a lot of us are asking for. I need the, I need, a lot of us just need the right words. I've learned this words, just specific words that come through that just trigger everything you need to know. Like just one word or one phrase or one sentence, all of a sudden it unlocks every, the next step for you in every way. So when we get really good at lining up and adjusting and attuning our resonance to our heaven on earth vibration, it's a rhythm that is connected to an organic, more authentic, more fluid relationship with life that's, that's, that's not in the hierarchy. It's in relationship. It's relational. And I think I had started to say before I had to pause that we can't really have deep communion without sovereignty. And I had realized that the deeper, when I started thinking about, okay, what do I actually want? What do I want out of being online? Because the deeper I got into it, I realized there's this is kind of obscure. And so all these weird things are coming into my life. I was manifesting opportunities all the time, left and right, but realizing they just at the end of the day, it wasn't really what I wanted. And I even realized at the end of the day, I don't want to be a YouTuber. Like I like being on YouTube, but that wasn't my ultimate goal is to be a YouTuber or so I I just happened to be a a medium or a channel that I was using, but I, I had to go deeper and even realize at a deeper level, what is it that I'm urging for? And I realized that the thing that has been the most joyful and incredibly expansive about being online is that it has brought people into my reality like me 
that are, that I can co-create with. And even, and I don't even mean literally co-creating like a class or a product together. Yes, that too. But more so, I mean people that I can psychically commune with, that I can divine timelines with, that I can um, deconstruct creative technology with, that I can do magic with and realize that there's just something that takes place when you start connecting with like-minded people, which is how the algorithms used to be set up. They used to bring us to, at least that's how it was for me. I felt like old school internet, you could easily connect to your tribe. Not so anymore. And it feels like the, well, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole, but, um, that, but it did that for me. And now that I've connected it, I can feel even just, I want to say also, I can feel these powerful, you're, you're probably one of them, powerful co-creators that I'm psychically communing with that I don't even know, but I can feel we're having this massive conversation and it's connected to the new world. It's connected to the Renaissance. It's connected to all this anomaly that's about to take place that I think is going to knock people's socks off. I truly do. I think that people are, we, we so easily prepare for worst case scenario and, and we can overly think about worst case scenario because we want to be prepared. Again, going back to our incredibly, you know, <laughs> sophisticated technology of survival. But, or and, we forget, because of that, we forget that anomaly can happen just as we, we're not prepared for anomaly. Like anomaly in terms of heaven on earth where nobody sees it coming. I shouldn't say nobody, but most people, the collective as a whole, does not see it coming. They do not see the peace that's coming. They do not see the liberation that's coming. They do not see the massive communion that's coming, the massive camaraderie where humanity decides to come together and realize that we're in this together. There's so much that's going, and I'm not, I'm not saying that negative things aren't going to happen because they will. They always have, it's both are playing out. And there is incredible communion, art, creation, liberation that's coming, that's coming about art. Like I've never, I mean, I don't even know what's coming, but I can feel it in my soul. Art, like we've never seen movies, like we've never seen. We're, we're, we're coming back to the heart instead of ideology, just trying to shove ideology into every work of art that we do so that it all ends up feeling like the exact same thing with a different expression of the same thing. It feels like some, like the true heart of humanity is coming back online. And although it can be very scary to be online on social media at all, but especially if you are have a following in any way, if you're putting yourself out there, your art or your talents or your craft out there in any way, it can be a scary time to be online. Very scary because things seem so black and white, but it is ripe for anomaly and especially really starting to use social media as an aspect of your craft and take throw away everything that we're told to do in terms of to be recognizable or to get a following or to blah 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 I don't know I like everything in me is saying throw that shit out the window not I mean don't throw the baby out with the bathwater allow yourself to know the things that are going to help you you know have the basics of what you need to be even be able to be online but in terms of when you post how you post what you post what you say Allowing that to be so much more connected to a craft that's connected to a psychic rhythm because it's what ends up happening online. There is so much psychic, there's so much of a psychic equation to it because think of even just when we decide to pick up our phone 
and get on social media. There's so many things influencing us at any given moment to do that. And so when we shift what's influencing us and when we shift what is inspiring us to post or to get on, instead of it being about the war, you know, so many people are using social media to spread news about the war, which I understand and it has its place. But I'm talking to the artists, I'm talking to the creators, I'm talking to the psychic primal mystics. We have a whole different game that we can use the social media for. We can play a whole different game. And I think this is going to grow bigger than we even know. And it just takes us tuning in. So all that to say is I've connected with people who I, who can, who are tracking that same rhythm. And it's empowering and it, not only empowering, but it's like, it's like when you're just like mind blown because all of a sudden it's, it becomes more and more and more of a reality. So I'm super grateful for social media for that. But what I've realized is that, and this is something that came through a long time ago. You guys have probably heard, those of you who've been around for a while, you've probably heard me talking about this. Um, But the multidimensional internet, which I believe is the psychic grid, and that's actually where the real, quote unquote, the real web is. That's the web of our collective consciousness, the web of how we influence each other, of the... um, principalities, the social principalities, the collective principalities, the belief systems, all the things that end up playing out in 3D war, which are always ideological wars. Ultimately, it's start. It's happening first on the multidimensional web. It's happening with principalities and anything that starts to gain momentum, because the more we believe in something, the stronger it gets, period. That's how the tech works. It's not wrong. So we don't have to tear down beliefs. You don't have to tear down anyone's faith, no matter what they believe in. That that's that's like it's such a misstep and a misuse of our power to spend it tearing down or even I mean, I think deconstructing and philosophy and all of that is important because it teaches people how to think. But I just mean when we believe as a mission that it's just to tear down what people think and feel to tear down what they believe because only what we believe is right. It's such a misuse of our power. And I know those of you listening to that already or to this already know that. Um, but yeah, it's just like a side note there. It's, we have such a misuse of creative energy by well-meaning people because we don't channel our energy and our creative energy into what we want. Instead, we get threatened by what we don't want or principalities that are growing really strong and we don't want them to have power. But by going to war with them, we actually give them more power because we then attach our magnetism to that growing power. And then our resonance actually helps it grow, even though we're quote unquote against it. So this is why it's just so important to get very clear about what we actually want. So once we know what we want, for me, once I started clarifying what I psychically wanted, I had, I realized that number one, I had so many beliefs in the way of what I truly wanted. And that was where my work was. It wasn't in doing these fancy, you know, spells or magic tricks or, or algorithms, like psychic influence, whatever. Uh, I, I make it sound like I was way more intentionally involved in that than I was, but it was more, it was more just, um, it was honestly more just in putting, putting stuff out there online and seeing what happened. But anyway, um, I don't know why I know. I just know I have like, there's been some like incredibly fundamentalist people that follow me and that anytime I say anything witchy, it's like the witch hunt begins. Um, but you know what? I don't give a fuck. Bring it on. Um, maybe don't, maybe not bring it on, but yeah, bring it on. You know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, 
<laughs> bring on your fire, like bring it on and see that you're a witch too. I think that's the biggest thing of like total side note. I don't know why I'm getting off track. It's because I had to pause it for a minute. Um, but like I just heard myself glitching so much. And then I was like, you know what? I need to delete this. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm leaving all of this. I think that there's, I've, I've realized that part of this equation for me has been, and I think this is so true for our, a lot of us that are in this fault line that I talked about at the very beginning of this recording, which is, um, if you've come from a religious background and this idea that like you shouldn't evoke your will, it's God's will. I keep saying this, but in order to evoke God's will, you have to use your will to evoke God's will. And then you have to figure out what God you're evoking because we all use the word God and we may not be meaning the same thing at all because we, our gods are our deepest subconscious beliefs, which may or may not be aligned with what we ideologically believe. So we are serving our gods, which are our unconscious beliefs, whether we realize it or not. And we can say the God and we can say all the, like the, the right doctrine or the right ideology, but it does not mean that we're actually talking about that or that we're actually serving that God. So anyway, keep that in mind. So I feel like there's this, like, unleash your power. It's so important that we unleash our power. And that's why the, my inspiration for this whole thing was chaos magic and the whole energy of fuck around and find out because that's what I'm realizing. I've learned so much. Now that I've gone behind the scenes, I've, I've begun cultivating my craft personally through herbalism and through my own stuff. So it's like I I haven't really been using the internet. I mean, obviously, I've been using it for work, but not in the way that I was using it before. In terms of really like I was so psychically plugged in to the internet and um, pulling back has helped me realize all the everything that I learned while I was so deeply psychically tuned in. And even though I learned things that now I know I wouldn't do again, mainly just I opened I opened uh, doorways that I that I had to shut. That's all. I mean, once you realize, oh, I don't want that open, you shut it. And I think in religion often and even in the secular world because of the insanity line, uh, we can, there's a lot of fear around the unknown and a lot of fear around the power of our imagination and the power of our thoughts and even around what we create, like AI and all of that. So just keep in mind that all of it's valid, but we can correct any mistake we made. It doesn't mean we, we shouldn't create or shouldn't use our power or shouldn't fuck around and find out. Because we will never know our power until we do. And we already have, by the way. Like, that's why we're here. We already did fuck around. We already did find out. That's our, That's why we're back. And that's why we're building something new. And that's why we're using the internet, which was a previous tool for destruction. We're using it for creation. And very intentionally so. So, um, I know that I'm over an hour now. But I just want to finish up. I made so many notes. And I, as usual, I barely touch on them. But um, just in terms of, of what I've learned through chaos magic, through fucking around and finding out, um, aside from, you know, preference and permission, I also learned the importance of consent, which is connected to permission, but consent is much different. Um, be, I, 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 want, I don't know exactly how I would describe the difference, but for me on a subtle way, consent feels much more connected to intimacy and psychic intimacy in particular. And because the psychic realm is what is influencing everything, the spiritual realm, the thought realm, whatever you want to call it, the multidimensional internet, that's influencing everything in a massive way and often in a way that 
what people don't realize and they're not conscious of that when we start becoming conscious of it, consent does matter. And the, this is where psychic etiquette comes in because another problem with not realizing our psychic power is that we have, we are not very respectful psychically. Like when you don't know your power, you don't know when you're misusing it. And it's usually the power that's the most suppressed that is the most misused. So consent to me feels like it has to do with just having etiquette, um, psychic etiquette in particular. And this involves knowing what what you're projecting towards others. Being online, I learned that big time. It's just because I felt it. I felt what it was like. And then I realized, dang, I do that too. When you're watching someone and you strongly project your whole worldview onto them, your whole, every everything about every single thing about them that trigger an association for you, the color of their skin, the way they move, the thing, the words they say, even the colors in their scheme, you know, that's in their video, all of it is firing something at about an association that you have that is ultimately all about you and has nothing to do with the person other than they are triggering a bunch of associations. We all do it. It's a human thing and not one group of people do it. All groups of people do it. But if we don't understand how creative technology works, that's how we get stuck in the illusion and how we get stuck. We don't actually see people and we don't actually know people intimately. We're just seeing our version of them based on our life experiences. And that's always probably going to influence us to some extent because we can't help that we associate things. But it doesn't excuse us from actually allowing people to be individually them and pulling back our psychic projections because they're mostly unfair and they're sharp. A lot of them are extremely sharp, especially with the whole black and white, right or wrong, pick a side bullshit that's going on right now. Um, so just something to keep in mind is that psychic etiquette matters, psychic consent matters, and you'll learn this the more you understand your power because you get what you give. So whatever you put back, you will experience. And I feel like a lot of what I experience in terms of projection I realized, like I said, oh, I've done that before. I've not even realizing I was doing it, but because I realized most of the psychic attack that I felt strongly online was unconscious. It wasn't like people were intentionally psychically attacking me. It was unintentional through projection and even, and especially through prayer. I mean, no one, I think in my experience being online, no, I didn't have in the strongest psychic attack was from Christians praying for me, <laughs> or maybe not. They might be not all Christians, but Christians were the ones that were the loudest, um, or people proclaiming to be Christians. I don't even know. I hate labels because I do. I know there's a lot of like Christ or like believers, put it that way, that um, I never felt that from. So anyway, just wanted to make that clear, but people don't realize that part of psychic etiquette is be attention to your prayers because prayers are spells. You're saying words, especially if you're praying for somebody, that's like putting a spell on them. You're putting an intention towards them. So be really careful about what you pray about. And it's, I think it's a good rule of thumb to not pray your will on other people's life. So yeah, just psychic etiquette is super important. Um, and then finally, let me see here. Preference, clear. Um, clarifying our intention is another thing. And all of this, I think once I realized what my preference was, what I was giving permission to, what I was consenting to and not consenting to, um, and where I could clean up my psychic etiquette, 
that allowed me to get much more clear about my intentions. What are my intentions? And that's a big thing. A lot of people, especially online, I think aren't clear about what their intentions are when they post something. And it's easy to, you can feel that when the person who posted it is not clear about what their intentions are because it feels like it's, it has unclear intentions. And those are the kinds of posts that actually can attract the most amount of projection because then everyone just projects what they think you mean or what they think you intend with it. And there's a way to have a very clear intention, even if people don't know it, but they, but it sort of clears the psychic air and it makes us more, it neutralizes that psychic war. Um, and let's see, is there anything else? We learn about preference, we focus, blah, blah, blah. I'm just looking at my notes. It's ultimately all about belief. I think that's that's just where I want want to end it is your beliefs are your God. And it's and it's not your ideological beliefs, it's the beliefs that you created through experience that are rooted in you. That then those most of those experiences were when you were young and the conclusions that you came to and the, the beliefs that were created as a result of those conclusions. Most of them are not beneficial. And so you could ultimately say that most of us, regardless of the theology or the ideology that we're professing, most of us are serving false gods, false beliefs that don't serve us. And it's important that we break up with those beliefs. It's time to. And a big part of that is is actually asking for and willing that our needs be met, the needs that were not met so that we can heal those beliefs that tell us that we're not enough. So if you want to go deeper into this, I know I've talked a lot about my King of Wands workshop, but I am putting it on sale again. My Queen of Wands workshop, the beta test of it that's live, is starting this Monday. And um, probably once this is posted, it'll either be Monday or it will have already um, started. But I am allowing people to still sign up the first week because basically Monday, September 4th is... The beginning of the Queen of Wands workshop, I'll be live for an hour, and that live is just basically going to be talking about what we're doing, how the flow is going to go, what to get to be prepared, all of that. Um, So really, the content starts the next week, so I'm going to keep all next week open for registration for the Queen of Wands workshop, but I say that because the King of Wands, I'm putting on sale for Memorial Day, or Labor Day, not Memorial Day, um... And for only $44, it's 111 normally. And the King of Wands workshop is where you can really anchor into your will. It's everything I just talked about. And it's the masculine container that I created so that I could flow my craft, which is the the Queen of Wands workshop. It's all about our craft, all about getting in rhythm with our craft. But I really believe that it's important to have that structure around it, the boundaries that can contain our craft. It makes it more powerful. And those boundaries can be malleable and flexible. They don't have to be rigid. But it, but our craft does need boundaries, and that's also part of psychic etiquette. So the King, King of Wands and the Queen of Wands, I, I highly recommend, if you want to start diving into this, you can get the beta test. I'm about to run the beta a test of my queen of wands like i said start september 4th but you can sign up that whole week so september 4th is monday like i said they'll just be alive the replay will be available so you won't be too late um and the king of wands is on sale which i recommend getting them together and really even thinking about this as like a a sort of um 
balancing of your energy is really important. The King of Wands, by the way, is already recorded. It's already done. That's not going to be taught live. But both of them, if you buy the beta test, you get the final version, which will be on Thinkific. That's where the King of Wands is right now. It's on my Thinkific site. It's just like the bones of it. It's audio right now. Um, but in in the beginning of the new year, my courses will be out and you'll get both of them if you get the beta test. And they'll, they'll be more expensive when the final version comes out. So if you buy the beta test version, it's a better deal. Also, especially the King of Wands because it's only it's going to be only $44 this weekend. And um, the Queen of Wands is going to be live until so you'll get me live. I'll be live every other week. And it's eight. the Queen of Wands workshop is eight weeks. Um, every other week I'm live on Monday and the weeks in between you get content. So, um, th- again, the benefit of taking the beta test is that you get me live. And whereas if you just buy it on Thinkific, I'm obviously not live. So, but I'm having, um, my programs are coming out next year. They're being solidified right now. So I don't want to talk too much about them, but just know that as of 2024, I'll have more opportunities to work with me and work with my content. I have more content coming out so much more, um, in terms of my website and all of that will be a lot more accessible. I know right in this transition that I've been in, it's been a little hard to connect with me on social media. Um, but that will change in 2024. It should be a lot more smooth and seamless. So thank you if you've made it all the way this far in this podcast. I am so appreciative of you. I know that the people who are interested in this particular podcast, I mean, obviously you've got to be on social, most likely you're on social media and you are um, flowing your craft in some way online. And there must be a part of you that is curious about chaos magic and magic as a whole, your magic, your craft, and breaking out of the constraints of whether that seems to woo or whether it's terrifying because you come from a religious background, it's time to get over it because we are here to create the new world. And yeah, it's time to fuck around and find out. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to dive deeper into your psychic creativity, check out my King of Wands workshop available on Thinkific. This audio course will help you dissolve your shadow contracts with the Lack Matrix tap into your deepest psychic preference, learn how to give and revoke psychic permission, and unapologetically pivot your psychic energy out of lack and into abundance. This course is specifically designed to help you free your creative energy from lack. If you're interested in my YouTube content, classes, or any other ways to connect with me, check out the membership options and other links in the show notes. Have a beautiful day.